You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today we'll be discussing the importance of and protocol for perfecting aesthetic mock-ups in your practice. Our guest is Dr. Julian Canejo, Clinical CAD-CAM Director at the Department of Preventive and Restorative Sciences, University of Pennsylvania School of Dental Medicine, my alma mater as a matter of fact. He conducts research and has multiple publications in peer-reviewed scientific journals on CAD-CAM technology, prosthodontics, and implant dentistry. Dr. Canejo has been the recipient of several awards in his field, including in 2016, the ICP Research Fellowship of Dental Restorative Materials. Dr. Caneo, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Hello, Field, and thanks for the invitation. It's a pleasure for me also. Yeah, and uh, I was recently at University of Pennsylvania Dental School where I went to dental school and also endo-grad school, and it's just uh, an amazing facility. I mean, it's beautiful. Compared to, <laughs> compared to what I worked in, it was, it's like I worked in the uh, Stone Age you know, of dentistry. I think I caught the last part of the main clinic and other facilities that were there before they literally redid everything. And they've probably redone it twice since then. So it's beautiful school to work at. And congratulations for being the director of, of your Department of Preventive and Restorative Sciences. To begin this podcast, let me ask a simple question. Uh, what is the importance of an aesthetic mock-up in prosthodontics? Yeah, well, so um, nowadays, uh, I think that uh, we've been merging to a lot of uh, digital technologies for treatment planning from uh, extraoral photos, face scans, combined with intraoral scans to get that ideal uh, digital wax up. But at the end, the value of being able to materialize that in the patient's mouth and have the patient be able to feel and uh, have a, a better sensation of what the final prosthetic product would look like, I think it's invaluable. So now we're trying more and more to perfect these mock-ups uh, because it can get challenging when we need to have certain reduction and modify slightly the position of the teeth. But with the use of 3D printed resin models and high quality potty matrices from uh, silicon materials, and of course the use of a bisacryl material, we can place that template in the patient's mouth and uh, have a very good approximation for the final outcomes. And then be able to discuss with the patient limitations or exactly where we can reach and uh, have this direct conversation before entering into the uh, the real treatment phase. I think it's very, very valuable for the patient and for us in combination with the dental laboratory as well. In your words, as simple as possible, explain to our audience who are mostly dentists, there might be some staff members on, I'm sure there are, what would you say would be the easiest way to describe an aesthetic mock-up in a couple of sentences? And then I'll get into the question of, you know, what the actual protocol is, et cetera. Sure. Well, basically, um, when we diagnose that the patient needs certain improvements on their smile, closing some diastemas, um, perhaps uh, uh, correcting certain inclination of the occlusal plane or, or anything that the patient is concerned about the aesthetics, we go ahead and make a wax up whether it's digital and conventional. And then with this bisacryl material and a silicon matrix, we can place this inside the patient's mouth so we can really see if our plan is perfect or it should be improved before we move to that phase. So uh, it's not only for the marketing part of the treatment, but it's also providing us very solid information 
key concepts to be able to uh, consider them when we go to the elaboration of the final restorations, whether they are veneers or crowns or combinations. Very well articulated. So what is your protocol for the aesthetic mock-up and, and how does one get started to do this? So when I started being trained as a, a prosthodontic resident, we were all about very nice uh, manual wax-ups mounted in our semi-adjustable articulators and worked for hours. And now with the use of apps or uh, simple software, we can place inside these uh, softwares the STL files of the intraoral scans, which is our new way of making the preliminary impressions and some uh, portraits of the patient, and then come with these nice 3D wax up. Once we have this project, we need to make it real, materialize it. So uh, we've been uh, collaborating with DMG using their uh, resins for 3D printing models and surgical guides. So we 3D print this, and once we have our new model, usually in the traditional way was stone and wax, now it's a 3D printing resin model, we will use PVS material, a potty matrix that I reline with a um, light body material to copy all those details, the texture, the contours, the line angles that uh, we created in this uh, 3D project. And with a bisacryl material like Luxatem, for example, we can fill this inside the potty matrix as we do for any conventional provisional and place it in the patient's mouth. So uh, we try to remove the excess before final setting time so we don't injure the gum. And then uh, we just remove the matrix and we can have a very uh, nice final surface. And of course, all the details that these uh, 3D uh, wax-ups have. So uh, it's very, very important still now in 2021 with all the digitalization, the essence of the mock-up. Not only are you providing the mock-up so that the patient and the doctor could evaluate you know, what's coming down the road when you do the final prosthodontic work, but also, can this be used as like a transitional prosthodontic solution? Absolutely, feels Yeah, so, so the value of having this um, 3D printed model with the project and a very good silicon matrix makes this very useful because we can use it as a template to create the mock-up and discuss with the patient and, and help us uh, communicate and sell the the treatment, but also let's say I'm doing six veneers, six to 11, and I make the preparations. I'm going to use it as well to create my provisionals. Let's say I'm going to have the, the patient in provisionals for two weeks while the lab makes the ceramic veneers. Then this same bisacryl material will be used for the uh, provisionals. And what uh, DMG has come now with it's with a newer version of a bisacryl material that can be maintained in the patient's mouth for longer periods of time. As prosthodontists, we many times have cases where there's a lot of wear and the vertical dimension is, is collapsed. So we need to start by reestablishing that vertical dimension. And here is um, where we can place these materials leave them for months or even years as a semi-permanent solution. And um, these uh, provide us with uh, nice um, intermediate solutions that in the past we, we, we didn't really have something specific for that use. I guess sometimes these provisionals are so good, um, there are cases where patients 
look at them and say, hey, I don't need to rush back to get this done. This is beautiful. I guess you have to reinforce that to the patient that these are temporaries and they're not designed to be utilized in the mouth for an extended period of time. I know that when I was in dental school, if we made our temporaries too nice, we wouldn't see the patient again. Is that, I guess that still happens to some extent, but uh, in private practice, it probably is not that applicable. That statement that you're saying, it's, it's so real, right? And, and what Dr. Marcus Blatz, our department chair, always says is that the quality of the professionals are our business card. So uh, we've changed that, let's say, perception. We try to, to put a lot of effort uh, on the elaboration of these high aesthetic mock-ups or provisionals. And at the end, when we come with the final restorations, the only thing we're doing is changing the material. But we like to have the tissue support, the length, the width, the texture, the position of the line angles, et cetera. So uh, those, those concepts that we've all been learning through the time and, and the years and implementing new, new concepts, really uh, makes us provide more consistency when we're talking about high aesthetic ceramic restorations. And now with uh, these uh, long-term provisional restorations, you know better than, than me, of course, as endodontist, maybe the endodontic is, endo is done, but perhaps it's a challenging case. We might want to have a, a intermediate solution and that's where Luxa Crown could play a, a, a key role. And um, it's not, as fragile as just a conventional provisional material, but uh, we are not being uh, so invasive of delivering something definitively that then it will cost us a lot of uh, tool structure to remove and, and get back into that game. So it's nice to have these new possibilities of materials. Yeah, for sure. So regarding veneer preparations, you talked about six to 11. Are you also referring to fabricating these provisionals in the same manner for veneers? Yes, exactly. So uh, when we fabricate these uh, provisionals with the Luxa temp, I like to have these uh, silicon index extend to the occlusal surface of the posteriors so we can have a nice stop, that vertical stop that can help us place it ideally in the position. So we can use this same method for veneers uh, or for uh, full coverage restorations like full crowns. So tell us about transferring the provisional stage to the final restoration. What, what's that whole process like? That's something that uh, we've all been frustrated when we do prosthodontics, like provisionals are nice and then the lab sends us something pretty different. And, 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 and that's not what we were looking for. That was not what the patient was expecting. So what we do now is once we've placed this mock-up and then with uh, some uh, intraoral uh, minimal adaptations with discs, uh, we, we perfect it. Once we have it and the patients approve it, then we scan the mock-up. So that's why the mock-up is so valuable now because we scan this and we send that to the lab and basically the lab is going to do a copy-paste with the exact length and volume and position and width for the final restoration. So we are very more, much more predictable now with this workflow. We emphasize on the quality of the mock-up and once we fine-tune it, we scan it and that's the file that we share as well as the file of the preparations to the lab. So they don't have any excuse to say it in a, in a nice way. Um, we're giving them all the information that they need so we don't have these surprises. Yeah, it seems like the aesthetic mock-up provides an incredible amount of checks and balances along the process of creating the final prosthesis. I can't imagine doing, you know, like you mentioned, six to 11 without doing an aesthetic mock-up. I mean, there's a lot of risk, unknowns, uncertainties, 
patient satisfaction issues could result from this. When you have this aesthetic mock-up the way you describe, and you're actually scanning it and sending it to the lab, what you're getting, like you said, in the final restoration is just a change in material. Do you think most dentists are doing aesthetic mock-ups? Yeah, well, I think that most restorative dentists are familiar with the concept of a mock-up. Maybe they make preliminary impressions and send their models to the lab for, for elaboration of a wax, whether it's conventional or uh, digital. But what I would you know, provide, if it's the word as a tip for the clinicians, make sure you take uh, portraits of the, fa- of the patient course of the face of the patient in a big smile where you can see the incisal edges of the anterior teeth and share that as well with your intraoral scan or your uh, preliminary conventional impressions so the designer can have a nice dentofacial concept involve the interpupillary line the horizontal plane and then we are using these simple tools to try to replace what we used to use the uh, Facebook for. So I like to use these traditional concepts of PROS with simple newer tools, but maintaining those uh, important concepts for the final restoration. And then what we were just discussing, once you have that professional or that mock-up and it feels good for the patient, you like the aesthetics, you like the symmetry, you like the, uh, the lip support, um, scan it or make an alginate impression on that if you don't have a scanner yet but make sure that you share that with the lab so there's no surprises at the end. Just curious, at Penn, do you take uh, routinely extraoral photographs of the patient before and after? Yes, for the, for these cases, Phil, where we are uh, working in the anterior maxilla and patient comes to us for, for with aesthetic concerns, absolutely. We believe that dentofacial integration is a key uh, concept uh, that's how we could prevent that the incisal edges are too long or too short and they are not even seen at the rest position. So uh, these these images are, are very valuable. Now, you can also see many facial scanners, which we don't use them all the cases, but it's, it's technology that also helps us with the integration of the softwares to design because having just a very nice software without information of the parameters of the patient's face they are not as helpful. I've always been curious to know, you know, the dentists that experience both sides of clinical dentistry prior to digital designing and all the applications that are out there, they actually did it the old-fashioned way, and then they transitioned into the, the software that actually designs, you know, these provisionals and so forth. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, once that generation is, is lost, where that group of dentists retire and then you get the new dentists that strictly are doing it digitally. What, what's your thought on that? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think that um, nowadays our, our students are doing more intraoral scans than alginate impressions. Maybe we talk uh, again in, in two years, maybe we're not using alginate anymore. I think that's how fast we're merging to the utilization of these new technologies. What is important, I think it's having the concepts, whether it's with traditional methods or with digital tools and solutions having the concepts, those basic concepts from complete dentures, where the teeth need to be placed, where we'll be in harmony with the face, with the smile, with the lips, with the muscles, for phonetics, for aesthetics, and for all these basic things, that will always rule. What we're changing now is how we create this. So now we have a a 3D printing lab where our students upload their uh, digital wax-ups, and uh, next day, 
they pick up the printed model. So yes, it's it's changing a lot, but um, what I would say is that just the technology without the concepts won't take us anywhere. Yeah, well said. We really appreciate your insights. We'd like to thank our sponsor, DMG America. And if you'd like more information about 3D printing, uh, Luxacrown, and other materials that were mentioned in this podcast, feel free to visit dmg-connect.com. Dr. Conejo, thank you very much. We're talking to Dr. Julian Conejo, the Department Director of Preventive and Restorative Sciences at University of Pennsylvania School of Dental Medicine. Uh, that was an excellent podcast, great insight, and hope to have you on future podcasts. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Phil, for the invitation. Thanks a lot.